This call is being recorded. Welcome to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Hope that you had a great weekend and we are happy to be back with you once again here for another exciting week of Grizzlies basketball talk on Locked on Grizzlies. My name is Sean Coleman. Wherever you are, wherever you are listening, thank you so much for taking time to join us. And I'm very happy to welcome back a familiar voice and a friend of the show. We love getting him on the show because when he's here, that means we're talking NBA draft and his name is Chip Williams. Chip, how have you been, sir? Hey, Sean, doing really great, man. Uh, all's good over here. I, uh, I'm excited for this. I appreciate you asking me to uh, be on and always look forward to chatting with you. Of course. Now, I know that we now and we'll acknowledge a few things. First off, obviously, if you have been you know, a fan of the Grizzlies, a fan of basketball in the Memphis area over the past decade, I'm sure that you've heard the name Chip Williams, his great work in the sports you know, arena here in the Memphis area, but mainly his focus on the NBA draft. The thing that we'll also discuss is, is that we're hoping that we may not have to talk too much about this because the hope is, is that the Grizzlies certainly are in the playoffs this year. We know that's true for the players and many of the fans. However, I do think with the G League going on right now and with March Madness uh, you know, on the horizon, I think it's a lot of fun to kind of have, do a midseason check-in, really focusing on some draft prospects that could make sense for the Grizzlies if they were to land probably in the late lottery to the mid-teens of the 2021 draft. But before we get into all that, Chip, we obviously know that you're a big Grizzlies fan as well. Your overall thoughts on the Grizzlies so far this season? Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's obviously been a, a an up and down season. Is probably too. It's not the right word, but that, that's for for my lack of vocabulary, we'll just call it an up and down season. Um, at times they've looked really good, and at times they've looked terrible. Um, sometimes they look like a team that's destined for the playoffs. Other times they look like a team who needs to be picking in the top ten of the NBA draft. So, and obviously they've like a lot of teams in the league, but especially with the Grizzlies, they've dealt with, you know, COVID protocols and they've dealt with injuries. You know, we just, we're just now starting to see justice. Still haven't seen Jaron. I know Killian Tilly is set to make his debut. Um, so it's good to find, uh, to, to where we are in the present, it is just good to see what this team could look like, you know, going forward and see them finally start to get healthy and start to integrate uh, Justice Winslow that we've been waiting for a year now to see him. And he's had some bright spots. He's looked like a guy that hadn't played basketball in a year sometimes. He's looked like a guy that uh, everybody hopes that he will end up becoming. So um, obviously John Morant has, I think, taken a a good step in some aspects of his game. He's still, um, you know, the shooting hasn't hasn't exactly um, been where you want it to be for him long term. But, um, I mean, the guy just – he still looks like a future star to me. Obviously, Kyle Anderson, um, I don't want to give myself too much credit here, but um, the first article I ever wrote in my life that was ever published on the Internet was a plea to the Memphis Grizzlies to draft Kyle Anderson uh, the year he was coming out of UCLA. And, um, obviously, it, it took some years to, to get him here, but I'm so glad that he is healthy and playing the way that – uh, I think a lot of people, when he was coming out of UCLA, envisioned that he could as kind of this hybrid point forward creator. Now all of a sudden he's got a reliable jumper, um, just kind of plays at his own pace. So he's been so much fun to watch. Desmond Bain and uh, Grayson Allen have been a ton of fun with with their shooting. 
Um, you know, Dylan Brooks certainly still has his moments where he looks phenomenal. Um, he's been a bit like the Grizzlies up and down, which is a lot of his career. Um, but he, he's had some moments where he's looked great. So I, I think overall there's a lot of positives to take away from the way the Grizzlies have played and the way they've looked this season. Um, because, I mean, Sean, I, I think you would probably agree with this. It's This is probably the last year where there's no expectation of playoff basketball, right? Like if they get into the play-in game or they get into the playoffs, that's phenomenal. But I don't think anyone came into the season knowing what we know with the health and safety protocols, knowing what we know with the injury situation, and just simply the fact the best players on this team are, you know, for the most part uh, south of 25 years old, that there's no expectation that you get into the playoffs and make some noise. If that happens, great. If not, that's okay. But here we are, you know, you're, you're starting to see the pieces come together of what could, you know, be a, a fun five-plus-year run uh, here for the Grizz. Agree completely, and I think that you ended it perfectly on that. This is the last year where you're not going to have expectations. Now, going into the 2021-2022 season, could we sit here and again see this Grizzlies team not make the playoffs? Sure. But it, this is the last year where you really, where the Grizzlies basically have it to where they're accumulating all the pieces together. Next year, there needs to be a significant step in some way, shape, or form to really get towards being a sustainable winner. That starts with this summer. And one of the big reasons why it starts is, of course, obviously one of the subjects that we love talking with you about, and that is the NBA draft. Now, I think that the reason why everybody loves the draft a bit more than they usually do here in Memphis nowadays, how well this team is drafted, probably they've drafted better than anybody over the past three years, and the, and the ability that Taylor Jenkins has showed to develop these talents. Now, we'll get in in the next segment to some specific names that really stand out as far as the Grizzlies go, but I do want to get your opinion that I think a lot of people would like to know. This draft, depth-wise and top-of-the-class-wise, top, top of the class wise, really stands out compared to several drafts. I think that the 2018 draft and this draft are probably the best ones we've seen in, in five to seven years. But let's throw out some names there. Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, Jalen Green, um, and Jonathan Kaminga. Those guys, are those your top five? And, and is the question now, it used to be Cade and everybody else. Is it Cade and a few other guys that really could be in the mix at that, that number one overall pick? I I would be surprised if anyone other than Cade Cunningham went number one. Um, I know that Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, Jonathan Kaminga, all the guys you just said, Jalen Green, these guys have done they, – they're phenomenal. And, and they have – I think in a, a lot of years, they would be in contention for the number one pick. And it's not that they are not. Um, but actually, just as we're recording this now, you know, a, a couple of days ago, Cade Cunningham just went – for 40 points on 21 shots against a top team, top 10 team in the country uh, and beat them in overtime. I mean, this guy, he's special. I mean, he's really special. I don't, I don't know if he's quite Lucas special or even maybe Zion special, but he's, he's very, very special. Um, and he has certainly put his name in that um, conversation for the best draft pick of the last, you know, five or so years. And, um, it's no disrespect to any other of the top tier prospects. I, I like them each individually. In fact, I think uh, you look at a guy like Jalen Suggs, who could end up going, you know, anywhere from two to five or six, he would have been very much in the discussion for 
number one pick in this past draft and probably would have been the favorite to be the number one pick in this past year's draft. I just think that um, this draft, you, you said it perfectly, the, that 2018 draft where, you know, you could go down the list, you, you're getting into the late lottery and you're having really good basketball players out of that draft and the top end talent is going to be phenomenal. But I think this draft is going to line up pretty closely with that 2018 draft as uh, one of the best uh, of the, of this, I don't know, five, six, seven year stretch. And um, I think Kate Cunningham is, is the prize. I think he's the one um, that everyone's after. He's going to be the guy that's going to go number one. The shooting is phenomenal from Cade. It, it's shockingly phenomenal. Um, he, that was one of the big question marks, I think, coming in. He's, he's an over 40% three-point shooter for the season on a, a good volume, um, and he just does so much. It's, it, you know, we talked about – I just talked about how much I really enjoyed uh, Kyle Anderson when he was coming out of UCLA. Um, Cade is, is kind of a – he's almost like the on-steroids version of Kyle Anderson except we already know going in he's got a really reliable jumper. So I think the guy's a phenomenal prospect. I think Evan Mobley is a phenomenal prospect. Uh, what Kaminga and, and Green have done in the G League has been so much fun to watch. And um, I did want to talk or just kind of throw that in there, Sean. I, as a guy who pays attention to college basketball, mostly through the prism of the NBA draft, I really have enjoyed this G League Ignite team. Um, because I have paid more attention to the G League this season than really I ever have. You know, when the when the Grizzlies first got their team, I, you know, occasionally I would try to catch something, uh, just watch it. But I'll be honest, my I have watched every single G League Ignite game and really, really enjoyed it. And that's, that's led me to watching quite a few hustle games. So um, it's been fun, man. You know, I, I think going into this thing, we didn't know how much we were going to get to watch. We didn't know how much COVID was going to – um, mess with you know scheduling and how many games guys are going to play but this has been fun and it seems like it's been in terms of the amount of games played and the competition level it's it's been like a normal year which I think is a really nice escape from you know everything that's going on in the real world yeah and I think you know everybody wants to talk about you know well, what will the G League do to college basketball so on and so forth but I think you you actually you have a very good setup here that the NBA and just basketball in general the the uh, the powers that be will realize what if from this point on you had the G League set up in a way to where you had the playoffs going into March and then after that, you have March Madness. And then in the normal setting in the NBA season, you have the final month of the NBA season being in April, and then you've got the NBA playoffs starting. I do think, and you can spread the talents out as well, I really think you've got a formula here, Chip, in terms of yeah. with more of these young players going to the G League, let, let that season and playoff play out, let the exciting part of college basketball play out, and then get to the NBA. I really do think not only could you spread out basketball in terms of its relevance on the sports calendar, but that right after football answer everybody has been looking for, basketball could be it. You know, with how you could spread it out, G League truly does become what many hope it could be. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. Um, I mean, look, I'm all for it, man. You you can you can give me as much basketball as I can handle, uh, which is a lot. So um, it's been good. I, I've really enjoyed the setup. I don't think you know, and I. I this is probably a, a path you don't want to go down because we could do a whole podcast on it. But 
I don't think the G League is, poses really much of a threat, if at all, to college basketball. There's going to be very few guys that make that choice to go to the G League. Uh, and even if the NBA opened it back up to say there's no one-and-done rule, uh, you guys can come straight out of high school, we've already been there. We've already done this before. We know that, yeah, okay, the top few guys, they're going to do that. They're going to make that decision. But, look, there's going to be plenty of talent that's going to go play in college, and college, the college game's going to be just fine not going anywhere so I think it's good I've enjoyed it I think if you talk to any of those guys on the Ignite team I'm sure they've enjoyed their experience and what I've really liked is they paired them you know like Jarrett Jack is on that team Jarrett Jack's had you know a decade plus NBA career being a very successful guy he can now help these guys as their transition really straight from high school into the professional life And, and you know they're making good money some of these guys are making half a million bucks so it's awesome. I've I've been a huge huge fan of what the G League has done, and Brian Shaw's coaching him. We know he's a, a you know coaching the league for a long time. Obviously, a really successful player. So, um, huge huge fan of of what those guys have done over there at the G League. The thing that I'm hoping for, Chip, and we'll, we'll we'll use this kind of as a as a fun joke to get into it. Two years from now, when Rondo's contract's up for Atlanta, let him be the veteran presence point guard for that <laughs> team. That'll be a lot of fun. All for it. I'm all for it. But, I love uh, it. <laughs> but so we've got Chip's opinion on what's going on as far as the top of the draft goes, his viewpoint as far as the talents that we see at the top of this draft. But in that 5 to 15 range, I start to think you really see conversations point to the Grizzlies and seeing what they can do. Coming up. We'll talk with Chip and really get into some names that could make sense for Memphis in their potential part of the draft in the 2021 NBA draft. This episode of Locked on Grizzlies is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And for 20% off your next order from Built Bar, go to BuiltBar.com and put in the promo code Locked On. You'll be able to get 20% off your next order from Built Bar. Built Bar, the, once you add it to your day, it's going to be there to stay. Again, go to BuiltBar.com, put in the promo code Locked On for 20% off your next order from Built Bar. Wouldn't it be great if there was a pocket-sized guide that helped you sleep, focus, act, and be better? There is, and if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations and an easy-to-use app. It's one of the only medication apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. Whatever the situation, Headspace really helps you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Need some help falling asleep? Headspace can help you wind down. It even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. The approach to mindfulness is guided to help you reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall overall sense of well-being. And the great thing is Headspace is backed by 25 published stories on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. It makes it easy for you to build life-changing meditation practices with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. The NBA is in full swing as well as the NHL and baseball spring training is starting. On top of that, we have exciting things such as the G League 
college basketball, the UFC, a lot of sports going on even though football is still months away from happening again. However, I can tell you that if part of your fun as a sports fan is wagering and betting on sports, I've got the one place that has you covered and the one place that you can trust when it comes to your betting needs, and that's BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. Visit BetOnline.ag today. Now, we won't get into much discussion on this because this is a Grizzlies podcast. This is mainly based in the Memphis area and out of respect for the Tigers. You know, we won't harp on this point too much. One added caveat that I think that I can speak for both me and Chip on that makes us so much, you know, looking forward to this draft is that the one team and besides the Ignite that could say they have the potential to have two lottery picks is the Tennessee Volunteers. That is awesome, is that not to say, Chip. Jaden Springer and Deion Johnson, they've got fans for life, at least for me, and I'm sure for you, too. No question. I mean, those guys are phenomenal, too. Um, I went into the year thinking that I was going to like Keon more than Jaden. And, you know, at this point, it I don't know. It's it's tough. I think I, if, if you, you know, put a gun to my head, I would probably say that I would take Jaden over Keon at this point, just, I mean, you know, razor thin margins there. Um, but I've enjoyed watching both these guys. I mean, Keon Johnson is a, um, is a highlight play waiting to happen. And the way he plays, you, you have to love him. I mean, the, the guy's tough. He's, he's kind of, it's, he's a bit of a, un, like not traditional player. He's a bit of a throwback almost in the sense that he, he likes to get in the mid range. He attacks the rim kind of reminds you of like uh and I'm not comparing him as a player to this, but just the way he plays a little bit of like Dwayne Wade when he was coming out of Marquette yep. back in the day. Um, yep. Remind just kind of a big body, you know, get in the middle, uh, mid-range, into the paint. Wherever he can get, he's going to get his shot, and then he's just going to be an absolute dog on the defensive end. And then Jaden is just so smooth. I mean, that when he was out, Tennessee missed him a lot, and, and I think you see the importance to that team. And – that's a really good team, Sean. I know that the record is obviously not probably where most ball fans would want it to be, but that's a really good team that, you know, if, if, if they get things going, can make a lot of noise in March. And I don't think it's uh, it's out of the question to say that Jaden Springer is probably the most important guy. And if they don't have him, they're losing a lot of what they can do on the offensive end in terms of scoring, creation for his teammates, creation for himself. So I think I think both these guys are locks to go in the lottery, and both are probably locks to go in the top ten. Agreed, and, and I think it will be fun. But you know, I want to get back. I I just want to get Chip's opinion on it. But Keon Johnson is part of this group that I really want to talk about. And so, Chip, that's where I want to focus. Recently on Twitter, I put it out there. I put out there. I, I'm thinking that the Grizzlies draft somewhere between five and 15 in this draft class. And I think that if you probably you got the point guards, because I don't think the Grizzlies are going to focus on, you know, a Jalen Suggs or a Sharif Cooper or a Knicks or a Springer or um, someone like that. Um, I do 
do think that this is how I would rank the other prospects kind of in that top 15 in terms of who I would want for the Grizzlies. And I ranked them. I went Cade. I went Evan Mobley. I went Jalen Green, Kaminga. Moses Moody was fifth for me. Scotty Barnes, Keon Johnson, Jalen Johnson, Zaire Williams, and Corey Kispert. Now, that's my rankings. Take Cade and Evan and Green and Kaminga out of it because we're probably – it's very unlikely we're going to land in the top four, and obviously if we did, those guys would be in the discussion. But after those four, and you look at what the Grizzlies really could use – I didn't include the point guards for obvious reasons – but sure. what player stands out to you being like, man, I hope we get high enough to get this guy, or I would trade up to get this guy. I guess that's how I'll position the question. Who is the guy after those four that I mentioned who you would trade up for if you were the Grizzlies because you like him that much? Okay, so you actually said him first. This has been my guy for a very long time for the Grizzlies, and he still is, and that's Moses Moody from Arkansas. Um he is the exact profile that this team is begging to have and, and just a, a difficult profile to find if you're not drafting it um, because this is a type of guy that you're going to have to pay, you know, 15, 20 plus million dollars in free agency to get him to, to leave, or you're going to have to give up quite a bit to trade him because six, six wings who are good shooters, have good lengths, um, have good bodies, can score at all three levels. Um, and are sound free throw shooters, just don't – you don't find them. They don't grow on trees. You know, these are not um, guys that you can just find all the time. And it's it's kind of wild that this draft has several of them. Um, I mean, Jalen Green is obviously the one that everybody knows, and he kind of fits that profile. But for a long time, I've thought that Moses Moody, if you took him and put him on the Grizzlies, he has a chance to start from day one. I think he can play with Desmond Bain. I think, you know, he can shift kind of two or three, probably more of a natural two, but I think he can play with, with Desmond Bain because he is a six, six guy. Um, you know, I think that, so Moody, he's a guy, you know, six, six, you know, we talked about it. He, he's a, you know, 36 and a half percent foul shooter or excuse me, three point shooter on about five attempts per game. Um, he, he plays a role where he's relied on a little bit more as a scorer in Arkansas. Um, then I think he will be, at least initially in the NBA, he'll kind of be smoothed into that role. And he can really just be a guy who benefits off of Jaron Jackson and John Morant pick and rolls, where you have Jaron and Ja, you know, kind of operating their thing. And then you've got Desmond Bain and Moses Moody, you know, sitting on each wing. It's um, it's kind of a beautiful thing to think about, Sean. I, it's, it's something that if the Grizzlies are in a position to go get this guy, um, I would do it. Uh, and I think that, you know, Zach Kleiman has proven by trading up to go get Brandon Clark, by trading back into the first round to go get Desmond Bain. If he sees a guy and he likes him, he will go get him. And so that, uh, I think that should give Grizzlies fans a lot of confidence that no matter who it is, right? If it's, if it's Scotty Barnes, um, if it's Moses Moody, Jalen Green, whichever one of these guys they prefer, I think you should feel pretty confident that uh, Zach Kleiman, he will recognize that need and, and go make a move to make it happen. And that's my question about it is that that that's what has made, you know, and, and, and I say this, I don't mean to say it as much as I do, but there's a reason why I say this is because you literally have five or seven guys who could be anywhere from significant role players to potential all-star ceiling type guys as wing producers I the reason why I want the Grizzlies to have a highest draft pick as possible 
in this draft is because its strength and historic strength in terms of overall drafts is the wing producers. The one thing that you need with John Jaron going forward. And that's why I want them to have as high a pick as possible. So they have as many options that are out there. Now, one of the things that always stands out, we are in a shooting league, Chip, obviously. Those guys that I mentioned, again, throw Mobley and Cunningham. We'll include Greed and Kaminga here. Moody's shot obviously stands out. The other guys that I mentioned, the Green, the Kamingas, the, the Barnes, the two Johnson um, kids, Keon and, and Jalen, and then Zaire. Did any one of those just have a clear difference-making shot as well, or is there someone who you're kind of lower on than others because you question his ability to develop that shot? It seems that one aspect is what's going to make the different levels of what these players will be is their ability to shoot from distance. Yeah, I think um, – wow, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, one that I'm lower on. I think um, – I give you a guy that we haven't talked about yet that I'm maybe a little bit lower on than the rest. And it, it plays exactly into this question. Um, it's Jalen Johnson from Duke. I, um, I don't yep. know that he, look, he's, he's, you watch him play, you, you turn on the tape, you see the guy and you're like, Holy cow. I mean, this guy can play power forward in the NBA, right? I mean, he's extremely explosive, has a really impressive body for a guy his age should be able to come in and physically hold up, you know, pretty quickly. But, the the shooting, I just don't think it's ever going to come around. I mean, it, it's going to take some pretty serious work um, based off what he is right now. And so, you know, there have been people that have talked about, you know, can he play the four? Can he is he a guy that can play on the wing? I personally don't think so. I, I think he's a big, um, and I, I think that he's going to have to um, really, really work hard at his ball handling, his playmaking, his shooting, um, really just a lot of stuff on the offensive end and before he can get to where he's an NBA-level wing. So I see what everyone else sees with Jalen Johnson. Um, I'm just a little bit skeptical that he can ultimately get there and turn into a wing. Um, maybe, you know, uh, uh, he reminds me a little bit. And, again, I'm not, I'm not a comparison guy, Sean, because I think each prospect's a little bit unique. But – I think when you're, you know, when you're trying to give people examples and kind of give them a, an idea of what you're talking about, a guy that comes to my mind is Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon is a really good player for the Orlando Magic, but I think what's held him back from maybe making that leap into, you know, a true, you know, perennial all-star guy that makes an impact on a winning team is the fact that he doesn't, he still doesn't handle it that well. He's still not the best shooter. He's just limited on the offensive end, and I think that. Um, when I watch Jalen Johnson, that's kind of what I envision him in the NBA. Still a good player, still can be a very impactful player, still can have a great career and make a ton of money. But, um, you know, as it relates to your question in shooting, that's uh, I, I have a big question there. And the other question that I'll ask you is, is that beyond Moody, say the Grizzlies were to, and, and, and we're going to, we'll talk about Corey Kispert here in just a second, but of those guys that I did mention, we know obviously we both have the preference of Moody, but we probably both feel that you're likely going to see the Grizzlies have to trade up to get him with where their record's going to keep them as far as at best being late in the lottery. Is there another player outside of those guys mentioned? The two Johnsons, uh, you know, uh, Scotty Barnes, Zaire Williams, uh, you know, you throw Book Knight in there. Is there any guys who you're seeing in the projected lottery, but more towards the late lottery that say the Grizzlies do stay in that maybe 11, 12, 13 spot? 
that you would really like to fall to them or that you think may be a bit underrated with that fact that he's being put into the late lottery despite what you think of him? Yeah, um, I'll give you two guys. Um, I I like Scotty Barnes quite a bit from Florida State, but I want, I'll start with Zaire Williams. Um, I, Zaire, his shot has not fallen just yet for him. Um, and, and that is disappointing a little bit to me because that I think that he has a good shooting stroke, and I think that that's going to come along. But ultimately, I think he's going to end up as a guy um, that probably he's going to get knocked, you know, towards the later half of the lottery, possibly even out of the lottery, because uh, right now he's shooting just south of the 31% from three, and he's about an 80% foul shooter. So the foul shooting's fine, but it's the it's the 31% from three that gives you some pause for a guy that um, everyone kind of build coming into Stanford as a guy that can really be a, a big time shooter, and he just hasn't been that yet. So I, I still believe long-term, I think Zaire's going to be fine. He's got tremendous size, um, ideal, you know, three at the next level, a guy who could maybe even shift down and defend some fours as he continues to add weight and his body develops. Um, I, I don't think anybody with the Grizzlies would be upset if that's who they ended up with, especially if they were to get something, uh, you know, in the 10 to 15, 16 range in the draft, if you end up with them. Uh, a guy that I think most people thought coming into the year was going to be a, a lottery, a high lottery pick um, that they can really, they can work with them and they can do, um, um, you know, it, it really, I think, get that jumper going. So, and then the other one I mentioned was Scotty Barnes from Florida state. This is another guy that's not much of a shooter. Um, and I, I don't know down the line how much he's going to end up becoming a shooter, but uh, what gets you excited about this guy is, defensively and I think you know as you're looking at a, a team that's going to be playing in a division with Luka Doncic for the foreseeable future um, and a guy that you're probably going to have to face in the playoffs multiple times you're going to want someone like this guy I just I, to me he's a special defensive prospect and if you can start to get anything uh, in terms of shooting and, and floor spacing on the offensive end then you're really working with something pretty exciting here he's you know, a 6'9", 230-pound guy. So you can really – you could even imagine him, you know, defending Zion Williamson in uh, New Orleans Pelicans matchups as well. So, I mean, it's – you know, it's funny, Sean. We we get excited about the core that we're building here in Memphis, and then you look not even in the, just the conference, but in our own division, you're going to have to play Luka and Zion four times a year for the foreseeable future. So – Planning for that, I think a guy like Scotty Barnes, the upside that he has on the defensive end, he's, you know, obviously raw on the offensive end, so he's got a ways to go. But the upside there as a defender is really exciting uh, when you're, you know, having to play against Zion and Luka eight times a season. I think that's a phenomenal way of looking at it, one that you may not necessarily usually think about. But in the Grizzlies' case, it certainly is there. You do want to think about players who really could – Add to your ability to have, you know, better your chances against the Lucas and the Zions because you're also going to have the Rockets up and coming here soon, you know, with their, um, you know, young um, um, draft picks that they have in place yeah. as well. And of course, we know the Spurs are always there, so that's a that's a very interesting take. But I don't think 
that just focusing on the 18 to 19 year olds who are with high ceilings are going to be there as the only avenues for this Grizzlies team to take if they land in the five to 15 range. A couple of other scenarios to kind of look at that I think will be really fun from the Grizzlies perspective in this 2021 draft. We'll discuss those with Chip when we return. It's now March 1st, and if you're someone that has gotten a little bit of a late start on your New Year's resolution, or if you're going strong with the resolution that you made, I've got another way, a small yet significant way to add health benefit to your day, and that is Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, a true benefit to your day that's so versatile. Have it in the morning for breakfast, have it in the afternoon as a snack, before or after a workout, however you choose to have it. The great thing is is that you also have plenty of flavors to choose from at BillBar.com. 18 different flavors that you can choose from. So whatever your taste preference is, it's likely to be met. And if you go to BillBar.com right now and put in the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order from BillBar. Again, go to BillBar.com, put in the promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order from BillBar. Again, if you're going to add it to your day, I feel strongly it's there to stay. BillBar.com, 20% off your next order by putting in the promo code LOCKEDON. Just as me and Chip have been able to discuss and enjoy discussing when it comes to the Grizzlies, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered when it comes to NBA draft coverage all season long. Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs. How much do you really know about these young NBA potential stars of tomorrow? If you want to know more, you need to subscribe to the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. Prospect scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Subscribe today and follow the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. So Chip, I think that you have so many different players who are the one and done 18 to 19 year old guys that you could fall in love with like in this draft. But another wild card that I think is there is an older prospect who fits what the Grizzlies have shown they prefer in drafts to a T over the past few years. Productive. He's from Gonzaga, so that's their connection there. High energy, high effort guy, high IQ. And the big thing with this guy, like Desmond Bain, is that he is a very, very difference-making level shooter, and that's Corey Kispert in this draft. The Kind of the uh, question that I have, though, is this, is that the, the, when we drafted Desmond Bain at 30, it made sense. Mm-hmm. When you look at Corey Kispert among these 18, 19-year-olds, do you get to the point to where he is good enough to want to take him over passing on the potential that's there with so many intriguing 18-year, 19-year-olds on the draft board. Corey Kispert seems to make a lot of sense for the Grizzlies at the end of the day. He does. He does. And I think, you know, once you you get past that kind of tier one that that everyone has, right, um, that we've kind of removed from the table, and then let's say you, you take Moses Moody off the table as well, I think Corey Kispert would probably be the next guy I would turn to. Um, he would be extremely high on my board uh, if I'm running the Grizzlies. And this is, it's kind of hard to overstate, but this guy is a special, special shooting prospect. Um, it does not get a whole lot better from a shooting standpoint than, than what this guy offers. Um, you know, he can, he can shoot on the move. He can shoot off the dribble. He can shoot off pin downs. He can shoot. Uh, running, you know, he can stand, you know, obviously catch and shoot. Um, I mean, he, he just does it all. Uh, I mean, you're talking about a guy who's uh, 55, 46, 89 shooting splits right now on significant attempts 
um, from all three. I mean, that's, that just doesn't really happen. Um, he's got perfect size to play in the league. Obviously, you know, he, he's a good athlete. You do wonder a little bit. I think the my preference for Moody over Kispert would just be the defensive end and a little bit of the versatility that Moody offers that Kispert doesn't. Um, but that's not to take anything away from him and how he plays because I think he it, it, he's not going to be a problem on the defensive end. Um, but it's what's what more to his game is there going to be other than the shooting? And to be frank with you, it, it probably doesn't matter because he's that good of a shooting prospect. But, you know, when you start to nitpick and get into it, um, there are certain things that you could pick apart from him that uh, maybe some other guys will offer you. But the one thing that he offers that no one else is going to offer is it, he should be able to step in the NBA day one, much like Desmond Bain has done and just be a flat-out elite knockdown three-point shooter and, and be able to play in this league for a long time. So, yeah, that's – for me, I have never had an issue drafting an older player over a younger player. Um, I do think that um, age is something you need to factor in because, obviously, an older player is, should be better than a younger player. Um, you know, that's just kind of how it naturally works. That's how the, you know, basketball progression works. But – I have zero issues, and I love what the Grizzlies have done, taking Desmond Bain, taking Brandon Clark, taking uh, Xavier Tillman, some of these guys who played multiple years in college, got a lot of seasoning. And then now you put them right on this team, and they're ready to contribute, and they're not – you know, a lot of these young guys, they just – it takes them a while to figure out, even a full year or two. Um, and these guys can come in and play right away. So – Corey Kispert, he he would certainly be in the top ten on my Grizzlies draft board, and and he'd be knocking on you know the top six or seven. Um, special special shooter. So then the question becomes this: is that if you so say you're in that ten to twelve range, um, Chip, and you're thinking that Kispert probably is going to be there, if you were the Grizzlies, and and all things tell you that Moody's going to go in that six to seven range. Would you attach the Utah first to your pick in that 10 to 12 range where you could land Kispert to trade up to get Moody? So basically, would you add the Utah first in order to upgrade from Kispert to Moody in this draft? Yeah, great question. Um, Wow. I don't think I would. I don't think I would. I, I like, I like giving Zach Kleiman as, as many shots at a draft pick as he can. So I'd like to hold on to that. And I don't think there is a huge, there's not a first round draft pick gap between Kisper and Moody. It's it's close for me. So no, I, I don't think I would. I'd stand pat. And if Kisper fell in my lap, I'd, I'd be very happy. And I'd be very happy holding on to that Utah pick. That answers my question then in general is because me and you are kind of on the same boat in that in after the top four guys, Kaminga, Green, you know, Cade and Mobley, that we both, I believe, think would make sense. You absolutely would do all day long for the Grizzlies. If Moody is that fifth guy on our board, would there be anybody else that you would trade up from that 10 to 12 range where you can land Kispert to get another guy? If you're not going to do that for Moody, I think that that answers the question of where Kispert should land on this draft board. So that that makes a ton of sense. But shifting gears a little bit away from this first pick, um, the, next, the, the, the other question that I have is this then. There are other names in this draft, Chip, that I think are, are, are falling you know, a little bit, but it's such a hard year to really put on a freshman struggling or a young player struggling, that I think there are so many values that could be there 
later on in this draft, another Ignite guy, Isaiah Todd, uh, B.J. Boston mm-hmm. from Kentucky, Josh Christopher and Marcus Bagley from Arizona State. Are there two or three guys that if these guys fell back into the 20s and the Grizzlies had the ability to move up to get them in some way, shape, or form by trading future assets or whatever it may be, are there two or three guys who you would make the move for if you were the Grizzlies? Because you're like, I know this guy may have more flaws than we thought, but there's really a lot of potential there that make him a great value at being this late in the first round. Two or three guys that you think could make sense for the Grizzlies to move on in that part of the draft. Yeah, B.J. Boston would be at the top of that list. Uh, he has not had a great year at Kentucky. Kentucky, frankly, they're uh, – I don't know if any of your listeners are also listeners of the Bill Simmons podcast, but he likes to talk about the year from hell teams, and that that's what Kentucky's having right now. They're Everything that could have gone wrong for them, it just hadn't worked, you know, from the jump. It, it has not worked. They've had the year from hell, and unfortunately, B.J. Boston is a guy who's kind of been stuck in that. And so – he, he actually, if you, you go look at what he's doing now, he's starting to play a little bit better. Uh, the shooting numbers are not where you want him to be. But, again, when you're, when you're talking about the draft, you're really looking for profiles. You know, this, the draft is neither a reward nor a punishment for what you did in college. It is a projection based on what you can do at the NBA level. And I still think the projection for, uh, for B.J. Boston is – a guy who could be a starting wing. I mean, he's he's six seven, you know, around two hundred pounds or so. He, that is exactly the type of profile the Memphis Grizzlies are looking for. Um, some guys that may be in the twenties. Um, I'll tell you what. I'll give you one more. Um, this guy may be closer to a point guard, but I do think he could have like a, a CJ McCollum ish role in the NBA. Um, and he, he's got the best nickname in the draft, and that's. Uh, Nashawn Highland from DCU. He goes by Bones. Um, talk about a guy that's another special, special shooting prospect. Uh, he's actually attempting eight threes per game this season, and he's shooting them at 38.1%. He shot him at 43% last season on almost five attempts a game. So he's a big time shot. He, he just gets up shots, and he's 6'3. Could he play next to Ja? That's a huge, huge question. Um, but I think he's probably a little bit better suited to be an off-ball player. He's, he's a true combo guard, and he's averaging 19 a game this season, putting up big-time stats on a pretty good VCU team. Um, and, the sh- again, the shooting is exactly where you want it to be. So Brandon Boston, Bones Highland from VCU, uh, those are a couple guys that excite me. Even uh, Isaiah Livers, who's having a really, really good last season at Michigan here on a great Michigan team. Um, Maybe he's a little bit closer to late 20s, 30s, maybe into the second round. But that's another one who's a pretty pretty good college shooter, guy who's, you know. I, I, the problem is, I guess, uh, Sean, the, the Grizzlies have kind of cornered the market on, like, uh, shooting power forwards in the last couple drafts with, you know, Jaron and Jonte and Killian Tilly. And so I don't know that they need an Isaiah Livers, but – he, he excites me as a guy that will go a little bit later in the draft, but I think could, could have an impact in the league. Chip, this has always been so informational. It's been a lot of fun. It's really put kind of a blueprint, kind of an outline of what you would like to expect there 
for the Grizzlies from a Grizzlies perspective in this draft. We can't thank you enough uh, for all the uh, the effort that you do uh, for the, through work of your own and also the kindness that you have coming on the show. But just another great perspective. Um, as we wrap up this edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast, just where can people find your work? What do you have upcoming during, you know, the end of the G League March Madness and all that leading up as the NBA season goes along? And, you know, obviously we will have you back on before the actual NBA draft later this year. Yeah, me and uh, me and my old buddy, Sudu, we're going to fire up the podcast again and uh, start doing some draft prospects, um, you know, just kind of breaking them down in a podcast format um, and really doing some deep dive on these guys. We had a ton of fun doing it last year. Um, and I would say that anybody who listened to the pod last year is not surprised by what Tyrese Maxey's doing right now. So we had some fun. We kind of, you know, get into some guys that we really like, maybe some guys we don't like as much. And, um, no, I appreciate you, Sean. I don't – I honestly don't know if we've talked since the Grizzlies' last draft, but you calling all three editions that night uh, was just uh, – that was unbelievable. So, kudos to you, man. That was – that that's like – I mean, that was unbelievable. That was like Babe Ruth pointing to center field, and then you, you sent it way out of the out of the ballpark. So, man, congratulations on that. That was, that was awesome. I appreciate. I appreciate your kind words. The main thing I'm so excited about is that, you know, just with a thought process that works and and, and those three making the impact that they have, one of the biggest things that added to it was that it just made sense for those guys coming in because of Taylor Jenkins' obvious preferences, and it's made so much of a difference. So uh, thank you for the kind words. It's really fun. And we get to see Tilly here in a few minutes. Uh, We're recording this right before the Grizzlies game on Sunday night. Hopefully we'll get to see Tilly's debut. So really excited to see what he can do. But for Chip Williams, um, you obviously can follow his great work, him and Sudu Upadea, um, as well. They always give great work. I believe the podcast is called The Pivot. Is that correct? Did I get that right, Chip? Yes, yes. It's uh, it's The Pivot Network, our specific podcast is I Got Ball. So, um, yeah, go. but it is. That's Sudu. That's his network. So, yeah, we uh, we have some fun over there. Yep, and you can follow Chip and his great work at Chip Williams Jr. Um, himself. Always a lot of fun takes when it comes to the Grizzlies. It's not just about the NBA draft. If you're wanting some insight on rookies and young players in the NBA, that's where Chip just is phenomenal when it comes to his analysis, as you can see from this show. But for Chip Williams, my name is Sean Coleman. We can't thank you enough for joining us for another edition of the Grizzlies podcast. We'll talk to you again soon later this week. Evan Barnes of the Commercial Appeal and much more analysis as we wrap up the first half of the season. But thank you so much again, Chip. My name's Sean Coleman. We'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.